For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And this evening, we're going to talk about tech. We have Marina and Stefano in from Les Lab. That That is a uh, training program, a school for digital literacy. Digital literacy, but they're not doing it online. They're actually doing it face-to-face -face and, and teaching entrepreneurs to, you know, DIY. Teaching entrepreneurs to do it themselves. Right, so they're, they're teaching them to code and everything? The stuff well, maybe I... not the code, okay. but... Uh, uh, but certainly, you know, marketing <laughs> online, digital marketing, and all the all all that fun stuff. And we'll continue on with that theme later in the program and chat with Natalie Riviere of Cometa uh, on uh, web marketing and improving your business's online presence. That is all in the program uh, today. Uh, but first, as usual, a bit of an entrepreneurial news and notes segment as we chat about uh, some news uh, that affects entrepreneurs. And um, this story is uh, all about first movers versus second movers from the, from the Financial Post. Uh, I guess, Josh, this speaks to, I guess, the, the style of entrepreneurship. I mean, do you sort of move quickly to promote your business or do you take a more concern? approach? Well, I think it's also about where the next best idea comes from. And, you know, you, if you have this great idea that nobody else is doing, there's no competition just that. So you are going out there with whatever product or service, uh, whatever, whatever it might be, you know, and you know, it's there's so there's so much that happens every day. But the question becomes, if you're, if you're the first to market on a brand new product or service. That means nobody else has done this before. That means you're not comparing to anybody else as far as features go, as far as what your what customers would be looking for, and you're kind of learning on the fly. Which again, from a from a first mover aspect, if you're out there first and you're 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 creating all this buzz, people are gonna wanna be with that first, with that original creator of that product. But yet you're making entrepreneurs are making a ton of mistakes along the way. You want to become if, if you're not a first mover and you're, you come to the market second or third or whatever it might be, you can avoid maybe a lot of those problems. You've already heard, you've seen all the reviews, you've, you, you've heard about all the, all the, the, the bugs that may be in that, that first mover uh, software or product or service or whatever it is, and you can skip right to the, to the parts that, that might work better. Hmm. There's, there, there's no doubt that you know, th there is a disadvantage not being out first because, you know, then you're you're always playing catch up. But if you can avoid a lot of mistakes, you might save a whole bunch of money in the meantime. And if, you know, if the first mover is has so many bugs and their company is, is maybe not working out because there's so many problems, well, then maybe you might get also some, some people that will that will be uh, spun off from it as well. So while it's great to be a first mover, while it's great to be out there first and, and be that leader, and there's definitely advantages, I would say there's plenty of advantages if you're not first and you learn from other people's mistakes. So here's been my philosophy. Uh, I like to run by my, my entrepreneur questions uh, by you once in a while. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and going into my seventh year, I've noticed that I'm very, very conservative in the way that I grow my business. And we might be doing some interesting, innovative things here and there, but I'm very, very quiet as far as sort of promoting it, because I, I want to make sure that, that I get it right before I make any mistakes in public. Do you compare to your competition? Like, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs yes. that are here sit and we, there's most people look at their competition. However, if we looked at, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had Intercoop, uh, the spa on. And when we asked him about competition, he's like, nah, I don't care. I just want to do what I do best. Yeah. I want to concentrate on the customer and what I do well. Competition, 
you know what, if, if they want to look at me, great, but I'm concentrating. I have not necessarily blinders, but truly focusing on what he feels would be best for his customers and listening to his customers as well. Mm. So that's, that, that's something that, uh, that can definitely work in your favor. But then again, you know, entrepreneurs, they take risks. So every now and then, Dan, you just kind of roll the dice yeah, I gotta do and, <laughs> and, see what, and see what sticks. I would, I would say that, you know, testing your ideas, testing the market, not being afraid of, of failing, I think is, is a huge ability and a huge opportunity to learn and go to the next, to the next level. Um, I know, I know in the, in the PR side of things and the public relations, if you make a mistake, it could haunt you for a long time. But when we're talking about just running your business and operating and marketing it, I don't know how much damage it can truly do for a long period of time. I, I guess the question to you is, Dan is, is any PR good PR or no? I, I'm never a believer in that philosophy. There is definitely this, uh, such a thing as bad PR, and, and we try to avoid that for us and our clients too. But um, here's an interesting uh, story. Uh, so we're, you you want to expand your business. Um, you have a good product, but you're just miss, missing the financing. A lot more Canadian business owners now turning away from the big big banks and onto uh, specialized investors. They're not only specialized investors, but online financing. Uh, there are, uh, you know, they're mostly out of the out of the U.S. Uh, at least, like as, as most softwares and most lending institutions, Canada is a little little far behind or a little behind in that. But there's definitely for lines of credit. You know, yes, you go to the banks for the bigger projects. You know, you want to look for, you know, quarter million and up or millions of dollars. You, you, you certainly go to the banks or or equivalent whatever other lending institutions there might be. But then there's the ones that are online. Uh, and th there's a, there's a number of them out there. I, I won't go and, and list them all, but there's some that you can within 48 hours. If your credit score checks out and you fill in, you check in all the boxes, uh, and they run a lot on algorithms. They run a lot on you know automatic checking and verification of, of who you are. Uh, there's there's ability to get I would say up to, uh, from what I've uh, heard and seen up to about $150,000 or so of line of credit. Uh, that yes, you'll probably pay, a, you will pay a little bit more interest because they're they're risking a little bit more too. They're not really delving into your business and 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 reading all that as as much as as say a, a normal or conventional banker would. But the ease of possibly getting it, and sometimes you don't need that hundred and fifty. Sometimes you need just ten, twenty thousand dollars just to to make it through to the next level if you're if you're starting up or not. So there 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 are you know. There are definitely online line of credit or lending facilities and companies that can that can absolutely help your business. And I would say, you, you know, it's easy just to Google and say online line of credit. You'll find the X number of them that will that will pop up. But that's something that you know, other than the crowdfunding that somebody says, I got a great idea, a great product. Let's go get money from external people and 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 giving up some of your equity. If you don't want to give up your equity, you don't need a ton of money. Maybe this is an option. Another uh, piece on, on a similar note, this about uh, what we'll speak about later in the program is uh, partnering with the right IT provider if you're a small business and finding that perfect match. And it's, it's kind of like dating in a way. You're often finding that, that, real, that real match. And we'll talk to Natalie Rivera about that uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, but how important is it to find a, uh, a web person that, that gets your business? Well, I, I, think, I think this. what I want to highlight about this story, and it's important to find, and it's not just a web person. It's really the article kind of focuses on knowing what you don't know. You know, there's entrepreneurs that, yes, they got to bootstrap, they got to learn as much as they can, uh, and sometimes have to take a digital marketing course with Lay Lab that we're going to talk to in just a, a moment. 
But sometimes, it, it, but it's important to know what you don't know. And while the article says partnering with the right IT partner, it's really using technology to your advantage. It's saying, you know what? I need to keep track of my expenses. So let me use technology. Let me just scan the receipts and or use Zero or whatever whatever platform that you want to use and really make my life that much easier. You know, whether it's keeping keeping uh, tabs on your human resources, whether it's finances, whether it's uh, it's using artificial intelligence for for chatbots so you don't hire, you know, a whole crew of of, of people to be uh, to be on the phone. I think it's just a question of knowing where you want to focus your energy. Of course, understanding your budget and where where that might fit in, and and then finding that right technology. I mean, there's so much technology that we don't even know about that can facilitate businesses. So it's really just searching out there and seeing what's best for you, uh, and and where it can not only save you a few bucks because that's not the be all and end all, but make you far more effective and far more efficient uh, with your customers. And it also applies to those who are actually in marketing. I mean, PR is is a subset of marketing. But uh, a while ago, we had to realize that we don't know it all. And we actually hired marketers to help us with our relaunch. So, you know, even marketers have to hire marketers sometimes. Cardonnier mal chaussé, you know, the, the <laughs> shoemaker with holes in his shoes. Uh, I think uh, I think when an entrepreneur realizes that uh, that he doesn't know something, then uh, I think they're, they're on the path to success. Quick shout out now for we like to highlight local entrepreneurs. And this one is doing very well. Smart Halo. Uh, hailed as the future of biking, made uh, right here in Montreal, a little device that goes on your uh, your handlebars and it uh, it basically uh, directs you with color coding on uh, where to go and other useful information. And it's linked by Bluetooth to your phone, so it really tries to uh, so you're not texting and and biking at the same time. Uh, and absolutely, uh, from a sec from security to helping with navigation uh, to whatever it links to through your Bluetooth. Uh, yeah. The Montreal local company, and uh, absolutely shout out to them. Started on Kickstarter, now attracting investment and shipping all over the place. Smart Halo, a really inspiring story. Hopefully, we'll get them on the program later. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you for today's Entrepreneur. And let's introduce you to our profile for this evening. Uh, two people joining us tonight. We have Marina uh, Bizanova. Did I do that correctly? Yeah, Bizanova. Bizanova. Sorry, That's Marina. <laughs> Marina Bizanova and Stefano Faustini of Lay Lab. It, it is a training program for digital literacy. Uh, they teach people, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, how to build websites. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. So tell us a little bit more about uh, Lay Labs. Um, so the labs is uh, Montreal's first uh, digital literacy school, um, meaning a real classroom uh, with real instructors. Um, so not Actually face-to-face? Face-to-face, old school, new school, old school. Yeah. Um, teaching people from all walks of life, um, but predominantly entrepreneurs or people who are interested in uh, some aspect of entrepreneurship, um, how to build an online presence. So we teach um, not necessarily in-depth coding, um, but how to build a website, how to promote a website, um, digital marketing and social media analytics um, everything that has to do with digital and online now like you know this is this is something you say it's first in Montreal so there's there's no competition for you 
there's always competition, right? And it would be naive for an entrepreneur to say there is no competition, um, but nothing in this exact format. Um, so we compete in a sense with um, universities. So universities offer, of course, certificates in digital or in web development. Um, we compete in a um, lesser sense also with online programs. There are a lot of um, those where you can just pay a subscription and uh, learn a skill. Um, but in this particular format where we are in a real classroom with a real instructor, um, teaching things that are pertinent to entrepreneurs, so very different from academic, um, and focused on what entrepreneurs need um, to uh, to succeed. So where did this idea evolve from? Like, what, what's, what's your background? Yeah, great question. Um, well, I mean, Marina, as well as um, Moran, who is our third partner in labs, uh, they began Pronexia just over seven years ago. Um, and, you know, mature business at this point, a headhunting firm, extremely successful, uh, small office in Vancouver, as well as here in Montreal. Um, you know, and obviously I was working with them um, and realized that we kind of all realized as as we're working with a lot of entrepreneurs, small, medium sized businesses in the city, um, we're you know, Montreal has gotten a lot more towards the tech side, towards digital. There's a huge kind of scene. Um, realized really interested in these roles, really cool roles, but not a lot of people to find them. And that's actually our job as a headhunting firm is to find these people. Um, and where are we going to find them? How are we finding them? Um, we're like cool roles, cool companies that these people could work for, cool skills that are very much in demand right now, very modern. Um, we, so was, was there an aha moment? Was there a moment in time where you said, hey, you know what? maybe we're better off training the next set of, of entrepreneurs. Totally. Uh, there were a few aha moments. Um, one uh, was definitely, as Stefano was mentioning, seeing the gap in the job market, um, the skill set gap, which is which is widening. We have so many clients coming to us. Uh, Pernex is a headhunting firm, um, trying to find people who know social, um, who know digital, who know um, even web development or even editing a website, not even building one. Um, and there is a gap. So that was one aha moment. Um, the second one was being an entrepreneur and realizing how myself as an entrepreneur, I don't know any of those uh, things and how that affects my own business. Um, I've spent so much money on agencies and paying digital agencies and um, a little bit well invested, a lot of it well wasted, uh -huh. um, just because I did not know what I was doing. I was not able to guide them and so many tasks we realize that entrepreneurs can do themselves um, instead of using somebody else and constantly outsourcing and just spending that money. So a couple of aha moments. Yeah. Are you guys competing also against the, the template factories like the Squarespaces and all of that? Do, do, do you encourage entrepreneurs to set aside the templates and do it from scratch themselves? Totally. Um, we definitely, so we work with, primarily we encourage WordPress, which is the biggest CMS in the world. It's just not going anywhere. I think something like over 70% of the world of, of the internet runs on WordPress. Um, it's huge, but why it's also so attractive is that it allows people, it's easy, first of all. It's not as easy as Squarespace, but at the same time, it allows you to actually kind of get a little bit more creative and put your own stamp on it, whereas Squarespace, Wix, stuff like that comes with a real solid templates that you really can't mess around with. How are you supposed to build your own brand with that? Um, it's a little tricky, obviously. Was it difficult? You know, you have to put a, a course curriculum together. You're doing this from scratch. Mm -hmm. Was it was it difficult to put together? Did you did you engage, you know, outside professors or, or specialists? How did how did that work for mm -hmm. you? Um, 
definitely one of the biggest challenges um, and also one of the biggest lessons learned uh, for the labs and things that we need to um, now tweak moving forward now that we continue building our course offerings. So um, one of the things that we did realizing that well, a core reason we put uh, the program together was for us to learn as entrepreneurs. So certainly we don't have the skills to teach. Um, so what we did was we went to the market and we looked for people um, that a, had experience teaching, so our instructors all have teaching experience, most of them from university, from the academic setting, um, but also were working um, in the industry and had the skills that were not just theoretic and from teaching, but practical day-to-day. -day. Um, so that was very important. Where uh, we have a bit of a gap right now um, to fully transparently share and what we're working actively on at the moment is being involved in building the curriculum. Um, we thought at the onset, well, if somebody has experience teaching um, quite a bit and works in industry, well, they know what the curriculum should be. Um, we realized uh, very quickly on that Yes, but we are the consumer, we are the target market, um, so we also know what, what we need to learn. Um, so moving forward for our programs that are launching in January, it's going to be more of a collaborative effort um, on that end. Coming up, more with Marina Bezanova and Stefano Faustini of Lay Labs on uh, entrepreneurs and uh, why building your own website may be the right route to go. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller. And this evening we're chatting about, um, well, mainly about, I guess, entrepreneurs getting on the web and how to do that properly. And Marina Bejanova and Stefano Faustini is here from Le Lab. They uh, teach entrepreneurs uh, how to build websites, typically on WordPress, guys. Um, do, you, do you often have uh, people going into you and, and sort of holding up uh, an old uh, sort of web 1.0 website with the big margins on the side going, I just I have no idea idea what to do uh, are people uh, really really new at this the ones that you train or are they typically somewhat versed in the web great question so it ranges for sure um, there are some people that have some really basic skills basic knowledge etc there are some people who are very advanced in old technologies um, and just never were able to keep up so we have some people that are very comfortable with you know working with different types of technologies but just didn't catch up to what's modern and what's current kind of current right now um, so it's kind of a mix of both. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a constantly evolving game. So you got to stay on top of it if you don't things things slip. Um, in our first uh, WordPress class, the first question that the instructor asked uh, was, "How intimidated are you guys right now? And who's intimidated? Put your hands up." Um, people just sat there. I was the first one. I, I put my hand up. <laughs> yeah, I'm very intimidated. Um, so absolutely, it seems still very you know that that's the point of the labs is to demystify um, and to show that technology is very accessible and uh, it's just learning learning the skills as anything else. Now we're, we're going to switch gears a little bit because I've had this question that I've, I've absolutely wanted to ask for the last half hour at least <laughs> and understanding that uh, Stefano you went from being an employee working for Marina mm -hmm. in Pronexia mm -hmm. to becoming a partner of Lay Labs how do you make that transition from working for somebody to working right next to somebody and being their partner yeah, uh, great question. Definitely a challenge, um, but we could talk about that. Um, 
also to clarify, still doing that balance on a daily day basis. So I still work for Pronexia. That is my full time job. Uh, Marina is my boss four out of five days of the week. Um, and one day of the week, uh, we're partners slash nights and weekends and every other hour of the day. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic, to say the least. How did that come about? Um, the honest truth is just Pronexia is, in a lot of ways, what a lot of companies should be, which is a place that encourages real entrepreneurial kind of spirit in a very tangible, real way. Um, so if anyone is able to talk the talk, hopefully they can walk the walk while Marina and Moran um, were able to do that as well. Um yeah, I mean, if an employee has a really kind of strong entrepreneurial drive and an idea and and really wants to take their own career to the next level, as well as potentially benefit, um, you know, the existing partners or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think it can be done. Granted, um, I mean, again, it's it's a bit of a cautionary tale as well. It's not something that happens on a day to day basis to everyone in every single company or anything like that. I'm fully aware of that um, something that for sure I work very hard for. But at the same time, there is an alignment between us that kind of is a little bit rare. And um, from a business standpoint, that really saw potential in new ideas and really wanted to kind of go in the same direction. So we did it. Now let's see if Marina agrees with you. Right. Let's see what she <laughs> says on that. Marina? Um, I absolutely agree. And I agree that um, it takes the right person and the right dynamic and the right alignment between the people as well, which uh, um, Moran and myself were lucky to have um, at, uh, at Pronex, our headhunting firm. Um, and then we're lucky to find it in Stefano as well. So, um, you know, when you have somebody who is phenomenal and an A player on your team, um, but has other interests than just the business at hand, um, you either lose them uh, to their passion or you build something with them. And I'm sure it helps that you that you had the same vision for where Lay, Lay Labs could and should go. Absolutely, totally. the vision, and also a lot of similarities in our passions and personalities. Um, interest in learning, interest in um, you know bridging academic uh, sides with business. Um, absolutely, and then it just comes down to um, yeah alignment and being on the same wavelength. Now you're you're building this new, this new business, relatively new business. Uh, there's a marketing aspect. People have to know you exist. Okay, they, they understand your, your other company exists, but that's mm -hmm. in a completely different field. Now you have Lay Lab. How do you get people to know you are there? What is the first thing that you did to try and get people to know that you exist, that there is this course out there that's built for entrepreneurs that they can benefit from? We were fortunate to, um, right off the gate, um, get a lot of interest from people. And it's incredible how the moment we started promoting uh, the labs through um, media appearances um, on, on television and um, newspapers as well. Um, but it's just incredible how when you build something that is right and you are very passionate about it, um, people start, just by the virtue of that, uh, coming to you and referring uh, you as well. Um, but um, now we're getting better at promoting the business vis-a-vis um, -vis all of the information that we learned as entrepreneurs um, in our own courses. Um, so a lot of social media, a lot of digital marketing, um, email campaigns, so just the hands-on building awareness online and through digital. But it's interesting because you started talking about more traditional media mm -hmm. between you know television and newspaper. Did you find that worked well for you or did you, did you do that because that's what you knew first and now that you know the the online, the social media, it was like, why did I even bother doing that? Or, or did it work for you? 
it worked and I wouldn't say um never would say why did I uh bother you know we're, we're here right now and uh, um it's it's all about just spreading the word and spreading awareness what social media does it just gives you a huge megaphone and you're able to tell so many more people um about what you're doing but it's certainly a mix of uh, traditional and uh, and digital as well which we're trying to leverage the latter more now with our new skills and part of you know part of getting the word out there you, you still have to deal with the specifics of pricing and promotions and trying to trying to build that and you know as you as you're doing your first few courses was that a difficult or, or long term to determine what that pricing what those promotions and your targets yeah, great question. So the target, actually, the target market was something that, you know, okay, so we sit down, we realize, great, we want to start a business. I think I had, we had you, you and I chat about this, Josh. So one of the first things we did, first of all, was set out what are, is our mission, vision, values. Super important. I think personally, Marina would probably agree, every business should have one and hopefully kind of stick to them. They can adjust and whatever it is a little bit throughout the way, um, but they need to be there at the core. Um, second thing that we kind of said is, okay, what, and we were aligned on that. So we're like, great, step one accomplished. Let's, let's move on. Um, next thing was kind of target market. So who do we want to serve? Um, and that was something that we actually struggled a little bit with. We knew we wanted to serve entrepreneurs or people who are entrepreneurial. Um, we knew we wanted to serve kind of traditional marketer marketers, um, guys who are, you know, a bit more on the traditionalist side. Um, but then the exact target market, it's a challenge. It's hard to pin down your exact target market. You're, you're like, at first, when you first start out, you're like, I want to I want to hit everyone. This Everyone can take these courses and everyone can benefit. Which, which, which means that pricing becomes a big factor. Totally. Pricing becomes an interesting... Especially when you're trying to deal with entrepreneurs that might not have a ton of money to spend. Totally. Um, how we kind of realized that we were going to price is that you actually left... Um, our last course anyways, you actually left the course with a fully finished website ready to go. Um, so the idea is that if you take the price of our course, compare it to what, let's say you charge an agency to fully build a website for you and prepare it, optimize it, fully brand it according to everything you need, um, we're way cheaper than that, way, way cheaper, that's for sure. So we kind of price it according to that. Um, and we continue to modify and play around with pricing as we go. And I'm sure, and there, there's there's so much more that we can probably get to. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then there's the online marketing and your and and your reputation as a company and online reputation, uh, which is which is absolutely huge. And we'll talk about maintaining that online reputation and how to improve your online presence with Natalie Riviere of Pvisio. That is on the way next. Plus, stay tuned for Maria and Stefano's uh, Stefano's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. That's on the way as well. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and F.L.'s Josh Miller with you here on Today's Entrepreneur. This evening, we have Marina and Stefano from Le Lab. They'll be along uh, to share their one piece of advice for Today's Entrepreneur. But first, our expert for the program tonight is Natalie Rivière of Pivisio uh, on improving your online presence and, uh, and reputation management online, Josh. And, you know, we were, we were chatting a little bit off air. There, the reputation, just forget online, just general reputation in and of itself is huge in, in business. But managing it online is a whole other aspect because there's so many, so many possible, you know, areas to go wrong, places to look at. So I guess I'm, you know, the quick question to you, the first question, Natalie, is really what, what should people consider? What are they thinking when they're, when they're trying to manage their reputation online? 
Uh, first things first, Google yourself. So about 96% of people use Google. We're just going to use that word. Everyone you meet is going to Google you, whether it's uh, business transaction, personal <laughs> meeting. Uh, so what happens when you Google yourself? And usually um, the first sites that come up are social media sites. So for me, reputation management online has to do with search engine optimization and getting the content you want there as well as social media, using social media as a tool to control what people see when they Google you. And are there certain things that, I don't know, you've seen that maybe people should either stay away from or focus on for their reputation? Is it something that, you know, they try to, should try to avoid them talking about themselves personally? Do they focus on their, on their business and what can, they can offer? I know you're talking about SEO, but are there kind of do's and, or a, a do or a don't that you would think about? Yeah, I usually say what you do online personally, I have no opinion on, but professionally, I definitely could make recommendations um, and that basically everything is business online. So there isn't a personal, unless you're actually going to hide your name and use a different identity. And if you do want those personal photos, personal conversations and social or anywhere, I would absolutely recommend using a name that's not even somewhere at all close to yours so that you can have that um, privacy. Is it that otherwise is not available. Is it possible to separate the, the, the business and the private? Is it possible to have Josh Miller, FL, and Josh Miller personal life? Not with the same name. And what I've seen is my, my quick answer to it. Of course, you can, you can work really hard on both of those identities, but they'll still be public-facing business-related identities or identities that will be considered when you're doing business. Which, mean, which means you're taking a picture with your friends on a Saturday night after a few drinks. You throw it on Facebook and be careful. Yeah, you're, you know, unless, hey, uh, this is the kind of relationship client that we can expect. I'm a lot of fun. Uh, I get really personal with the people I work with, which can be something very appealing. I'm not against that either. It's just nothing is private and nothing can be erased. That's it. It's there forever. Now, what about, you know, th there's a lot of uh, people that throw comments out, you know, because a lot of social media, you're, you're, you're promoting yourself. But some people might not want, not, might not like it. And they, they throw maybe not necessarily constructive comments out there, but negative commentary or something. How do, how do you deal with that? How actively do you have to manage that? That's actually, I think, uh, a fantastic opportunity. Uh, basically, people pay attention to, I mean, look at our whole media. It <laughs> likes to go with what's wrong and get people to grip into those kind of topics. Um, so basically, you absolutely don't want to ignore it. Uh, and if anything, I would recommend to really consider what you're going to do and use it as an opportunity because... The people that are taking the time to even complain are already active. They're, they're high users of these tools and they can be turned into your greatest fan and are quite a loud evangelist for you if you handle the situation properly. Some of the best marketing, uh, most effective marketing campaigns were in response to uh, something negative and it went that much more viral or got that much more attention because of it. How do you guys, Marina, Stefano, do you deal? Do you have to deal with like comments and, and, and the online uh, reputation? Have you had to kind of handle anything a little little dodgier, a little kind of on the fence? Um, absolutely, especially for uh, Pronexia, my headhunting firm, um, because it's a very personal business. We deal with job seekers. Um, so our B2B clients are quick to leave fantastic replies, but when somebody doesn't get a job or when somebody feels that, you know, um, they were they were qualified, something happened, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I um, just agree with you so much, Natalie. It's all about just addressing it, um, calling somebody, messaging them, and those become the biggest fans. It's, it's incredible to see and so on point dan you're you're in this world you're in this pr world uh what, what's your take on this reputation and dealing with commentary 
managing yourself online? Well, PR used to be about media relations, right? And that, that's a lot, big part of my business. But now with the explosion of social media, especially in the last few years, that's becoming more aggressive. You have a, a, an exponential amount of threats to a brand right now. So uh, monitoring social media and monitoring web activity and comments and Facebook is an integral part of PR. And you have to address those criticisms or else they could turn into real issues that go outside of Twitter or Facebook. Basically, don't ignore online. Natalie, a quick comment before we go on to the one piece. What of I'd say is you can also look at it as an opportunity for user-generated content. These people are creating like copy for you, essentially. And so what I would recommend uh, from the SEO perspective is that any answer that you're also going to provide as you do pay attention to this comment, if you're getting reoccurring questions or in general, if it is something that is extensive, you should actually turn it into a blog post and get those words and links and anything that's mentioned onto your website. And so they can help you build an FAQ page or simply uh, a page on the subject. Super, super big topic. We could probably chat for, for the whole hour on this. So thanks very much, Natalie. And as we approach the last moments of our show, uh, as we do each week, we'll turn to our guests, uh, Stefano and Marina, and ask you what would you each say would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Um, great question. My my one piece of advice that I had to learn um, quickly and that I'm still learning is, is really to have fun. Um, sounds kind of basic, but it really is the truth. Um, you get very wrapped up in your day-to-day -day and really want to hustle and you want to make the most of it and tensions are high and stress and you're excited also and it's good. Um, really to stop, take a second, enjoy the process, enjoy the ride, enjoy moments like this. So I'm having fun right now. So I guess that's, that's mission accomplished. Excellent. And for you, Marina? Uh, so many lessons learned. Um, but I would say that my one piece of advice is um, a lot of people these days are interested in entrepreneurship and want to take the plunge, but they keep waiting. Um, they keep waiting for a sexy idea, a new product, just something that you know is unique. Um, labs is sexy. Um, it's digital, so that's easy. But Pronexia, headhunting firm, um, that's that, um, that, that, that was hard, a lot of competition, saturated market, um, you just have to hustle. Just hustle and out-hustle everybody and uh, you'll be a success. Marina Besanova and Stefano Faustini of Lay Labs, thanks so much for joining us tonight, guys. Thank you. Thanks to Natalie Riviere, P Vizio as well, and Josh, we're back next Monday night at 7 p.m. with a business we've never done before. Correct. A YouTube never, channel. Never, never YouTube channel. Yeah. Pascal Plant, him and him. Should be lots of fun. Join us then. Don't forget to go to uh, flmontreal.com. You can hear eight years worth of inspiring entrepreneur stories there at the community section. And we'll see you next Monday. Good night.